Compression is one of the most powerful tools that you have when you're mixing, but when you use it incorrectly, it can actually ruin your tracks or create a ton more work for yourself. So inside of this episode, I'm gonna share with you the top three mistakes that I see many engineers make when it comes to using compression in their mixes so that you can avoid those issues and create amazing results for yourself. Welcome to the Master Your Mix Podcast, helping engineers, producers, and artists create professional recordings and mixes, even from home. I'm your host, Mike Indivina. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome to the Master Mix Podcast. My name is Mike Indivina, and thank you so much for being here today. Today's episode's a little bit of a different one. We're not doing an interview, but today I want to talk about a tool that a lot of people just seem to have a little bit of trouble with, and that is using compression. Compression is a little bit of a tricky tool to grasp when you're new to this, because often it is used fairly transparently in your mixes, and most of the time when you're just listening to a song, you can't hear the effect of it. I mean, if you were to go into the multi-tracks and hear before and after, you would hear a difference. But as a listener, it's not always super obvious. It's not like an effect like reverb or delay where it's really obvious in the mix and you can hear it and therefore you can learn where to apply it and all that kind of stuff. Compression is a little bit more subtle, but it is super important to helping you get mixes that sound really polished and professional. So with that being said, there's a lot of mistakes that I frequently see people making when they're using compression in their mixes, and then afterwards they wonder why their tracks just sound dull or they or they don't compete with their favorite mixers. So that's what I want to talk about inside of this episode, and I want to share with you the top three compression mistakes that I see people making so that you can avoid those issues and get amazing results for yourself. So let's just get right into that. Mistake number one is using plugin presets. Now I get it, when you're not sure what you should be doing with compression, it's easy to look at the preset menu and find a preset that's named after the track you're working on, right? So if you've got a kick drum and you don't know what kind of compression you should add to it, it would make sense that you would click on a kick drum preset, right? But here's the problem with presets, is that the plugin manufacturers have no idea what it is that you are working with inside of your track. They have no idea whether or not your kick drum is really punchy or if it's dull sounding. They have no idea what the level of your track is. And so when it comes to designing presets that have set attack and release times, well, first off, without knowing whether you have a punchy kick or if it's a dull kick, the attack and release times are going to be completely wrong. And depending on what the context of the kick drum is in your particular mix and what result you're after, those settings might actually undo a lot of the good work, right? You might want a kick drum that sounds really punchy and that has a lot of attack to it. But if you've got a quick attack time on your compressor, well, it's gonna trim off that initial punch of the beater hitting the kick drum. So it's going to actually destroy your track and that's gonna make you work a lot harder or it's gonna just make your track sound really dull. So. That's one area of presets that plugin manufacturers can definitely get wrong. So that's one reason why I don't like presets. The other reason is because plugin manufacturers don't know the levels of the tracks that you're working with. So when it comes to setting a threshold with your compressor, well, depending on how much compression you need to get the, the desired result for your song, the threshold that's in the preset might be completely wrong. It might squash your mix. It might actually not give enough compression. You know, you have to definitely apply your own threshold to get the result that you're after. And plugin manufacturers can't predict the levels that you're working with. 
And the last area that you can go wrong with when it comes to compression presets is makeup gain. Because manufacturers don't understand the levels that you're working with, and they're just predicting what you're working with, the makeup gain structure might actually be completely wrong. They might actually add a lot of makeup gain, which is just going to make your tracks louder, and that can fool a lot of people into thinking that compression is making things sound better. But really, if you're just focusing on things being louder, you might be negating the fact that the attack and release settings are wrong and it's trimming the transient nature of the sound, or it might actually be making things quieter. So. You know, this is another area where plugin manufacturers just have no idea what you're working with. So to just use a preset and not have to tweak it and not fully understand what you're doing with the compressor, that's one area that you can go really wrong. And the last thing you want is to just turn everything louder in your mix because it sounds better. But in reality, you're actually destroying your track because of the wrong attack and release settings. When plugin manufacturers design their presets, they're working with some sort of audio that you don't have in your own session, right? So unless you're working on the exact same song with the same drummer, the same room, the same microphone, same preamps, and all of the other chains, all the other stuff in the chain is the exact same, the preset is not gonna work with what you have in your mix. You're gonna have different mics, you're gonna have different equipment, your, your level's gonna be different. And that can drastically impact the sound that that preset makes for your specific mix. Compression mistake number two that I see a lot of people making is that they pick the wrong type of compressor. Now, I'm not talking about different models of compressors. I'm not talking about like an 1176 versus an LA-2A versus a Shadow Hills compressor or a DBX-160 or any of that stuff. What I'm actually talking about is the types of compressors. So, FET compressors, VCA, optical, or tube compressors. All compressors fall into one of those four categories. And each of those four categories is designed differently, and because of that, they react differently to incoming audio signals. So it's really important to understand the differences in the compressor types because it allows you to choose the right one for the job that you're trying to accomplish. So for example, with optical compressors, they generally have a slower attack time. So if you're working with a really transient source, such as a drum track, for example, and you've got a lot of attack, and instead you want to actually tame that a little bit, well, using a optical compressor that has a slow attack time isn't going to allow you to tame that transient because it's going to be too slow to react to the signal that you've got. Versus if you were to use something like an FET compressor or a VCA compressor, those generally react a little bit quicker to incoming audio. So you can really get a lot more control with a FET compressor or a VCA, but an optical compressor is not going to give you the flexibility that you need. So this is just one example of where choosing the wrong type of compressor can actually create more work for yourself or actually just not get the job done at all. And in addition to that, different types of compressors can impart a different character to your sound. So FET compressors, for example, generally have a little bit more harmonic content and grit that they can add to your tracks. But if you have a really clean mix, sometimes having that extra grit and aggression to your tracks isn't the sound that you want. Whereas maybe something that's more transparent, like a VCA compressor, might be better suited to the sound of your mix. So this is another thing that you need to consider because you want to make sure that you're picking the right compressor that's going to impart the right sound for your mix as well. The third compression mistake that I see a lot of engineers make is that they're simply just not using enough compression. Now, there are lots of people out there who have created these false rules when it comes to compression, and they'll tell you that you have to make compression very transparent and very light and compress no more than 2 to 3 dB. That is completely wrong. You have to compress as much as it requires to get the result that you want. Now, sometimes 
having two to three dB is all you need. If all you're trying to do is just control, control the dynamics a little bit more, well then sure, maybe that works well. But sometimes you want to use compression to get a little bit more aggression and attitude and character out of your mix, and that's when you sometimes have to push the limits of a compressor and slam it real hard. This is a very effective trick when it comes to compressing vocals. When you slam them really hard, you get a little bit more attitude out of a singer. Especially for a rock song, you get a little bit more of like the growl in someone's voice. You hear more of their breaths and that creates more intensity in their voice. And sometimes that's what you need. Sometimes you want that really angry, loud, intense sound. So having a lot of compression can actually get you that result. Whereas if you went really thin with it and you barely compressed it at all, you wouldn't get any of that extra character. You might control the level, but you're not going to get that character. So it's really important that you understand that when it comes to compression, there are no rules in terms of what the right amount of gain reduction is. You have to dial it in according to what's going to get you the best result for your specific song. So those are the top three compression mistakes that I see so many engineers making. And I guarantee you that if you get away from using compression presets, if you pick the right compressors, and if you compress with the right amount of gain reduction and you adjust your thresholds properly, you will get much, much better results with compression in your mixes. Now, if you want to take this even further and learn even more about compression, I'm currently offering a free compression cheat sheet on my website. So to get your copy, visit masteryourmix.com forward slash compression cheat sheet. And inside of this cheat sheet, I'm going to show you which compressors to use on different instruments, how to set your attack and release settings, how much gain reduction to aim for, and this is going to help you get results much quicker and get up and running without having to question what you're doing. And if you want to get away from compression presets, this is going to help you understand what you need to do in order to get the best results for your particular track. I'll leave a link in the show notes so that you can click and download your copy there. Also, visit MasterYourMix.com if you want to learn more about how to create professional mixes from your home studio. Sign up to the mailing list there, and once you're part of that, every week I'll send you new tutorials, tips and tricks, podcast episodes, and a whole bunch more to help you with creating great mixes from your home studio. Because that is my goal here. I want to help people create more music and put more music out in the world, and to create stuff that you're proud of and that you want to share with the world, and that you're not intimidated by or that you feel just could be better or that doesn't compete with your favorite mixers. Instead, I want to show you how to get the results that you're after. So make sure to visit MasterYourMix.com and subscribe to this podcast. That way you can be up to date on all new content as it comes out. That's it for this episode, guys. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll talk in the next one. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Master Your Mix podcast. To have your questions answered, submit your questions to questions at MasterYourMix.com. Please go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. And for more information on how you can improve your mixes, visit MasterYourMix.com.